Hey, Sarah. Hey, Sarah. So, okay, this week on our Instagram, we got this note from a listener from Carrie Kaufman Dolling. I probably totally just screwed up her name. So sorry, Carrie. Um, but she's okay. She mentioned how when she's listening and we on the noon ad, I think it's you who says, Hey, Sarah. Well, one of us says, Hey, Sarah, because we're both Sarah. I don't know which one says what, but um, we that her phone thinks that we're saying, Hey, Siri, and it opens Siri. I love that. That is so funny. And I'm so sorry, we're not going to re- re-record it. So you're just going to have to suffer with Siri. I do I do wonder if other listeners are suffering in the same way. So please let us know. Because if it is like a widespread problem, I might consider re-recording. Although I do quite like our new ad right now. So I don't know. We, we, get, we could re-record it, I guess. Yeah, let us know. <laughs> awesome. And then when I heard from Carrie, like she also just happens to be Um, because I looked her up on Instagram and she messaged us and she happens to be swimming the English Channel from England to France. I don't know if that's the normal way to do it. Uh, I'm not sure. I I don't know enough about that. Yeah, not from France to England. Yeah. Or like there's tides and all Mm -hmm. kinds of factors. Um, But anyway, she's also um, raising money to end domestic violence. That's so awesome. Which I think is, yeah, so amazing. Um, And if you go, like her Instagram is Carrie, like with a C, C C-A-R-I, Carrie Ann. 62085 anyway if you guys find her um you can donate on her page oh my god i'm just giving away her instagram it's an open page so i'm assuming this is okay with carrie <laughs> sorry carrie, carrie sorry yeah we have double sorry for you we're not changing yeah. the ad and we just revealed your identity yeah <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully this will at least get a couple donations for you um for so she's yeah she's swimming the english channel to end domestic violence and um i think that's amazing so Shout out to Carrie. Thank you for the message. Okay, so coming up on the show this week. Oh, we have another shout out for USAT. Uh, To race or not to race. What makes an influencer? Um, And a fun voicemail that's coming next week after this. Hey, Sarah, I have a riddle for you. What's refreshing, great, any time of day, and super awesome. Oh my gosh, is it the If We Were Riding podcast? Oh no, wait, by the look on your face, it's not. It's it's noon. Yes! It's noon, isn't it? Ding, ding, ding! You got the answer! Woo! Okay, friends, seriously, Noon Hydration has been a sponsor of Live Feisty and this very podcast for a couple of years. They are amazing. They are supportive. And we all get 30% off with the new code, note the new code, Live Feisty. Um, at noonlife.com. So use the code livefeisty, E before I, at noonlife.com. And our regular listeners will know that if we were riding and all things feisty is proudly partnered with Orca Sportswear. For 15% off all items on orca.com, please use the code livefeisty15. And that includes the wetsuits. So good deals all around. I'm Sarah Gross. And I'm Sarah True. And you're listening to If We Were Riding. So, 
Sarah, do you remember when I talked about the coaching education course from USAT a little while ago? I do. And I think we had like a follow-up conversation. We really got, I actually heard from quite a few people about that conversation, about what they think coaching means. So yeah, I remember it. Yeah, me too. So what was really cool, and this actually happened during our, our little summer break, uh, is that the USAT team reached out to me and I had a terrific conversation about their programming and they're completely revamping coaching education. They're incorporating a lot of the things that uh, you know we had discussed on the podcast about what makes for a good coach. You know the the more global, uh, you know themes about good coaching, and mm. it sounds like uh, they're that is going to be a good revamp. So shout out to USAT for having a conversation with me. Not like there was no defensiveness. It wasn't right. This is our program and you know, it's perfect. It's Hey, we already acknowledged that there were some things that needed to change. Let's have a conversation. Maybe there's some more things that you have brought up that we can integrate. Oh, and there were notes. I didn't take the notes, but there were notes about our podcast. It made me oh. feel so official. <laughs> wow. We got an official note. Were we like a sticky note on someone's at USAT at someone's computer or something? So, yes. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, USAT. Uh, mm. You know, I, I look forward to hearing from any if our if any of our listeners take the, the revamped course, what they think about it. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, taking... Constructive criticism makes us all better, I hope, in, in the end. Yeah, I think that's great. I, th- I also think, yeah, the way that um, the, some of the conversations we have, I don't, like, I'm not trying to be critical or negative. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to be, I'm just like saying what I think, right? And you don't, all the time, I don't go th- through the world thinking everything's wonderful and awesome, right? And things can improve. And I actually appreciate the people in my life as well who will tell me when, something's not awesome or or of course like something I've created could be better because you need those people right or even like sometimes I actively seek that kind of feedback Um, and Sarah you've given that kind of feedback to me as well um, which I appreciate also so uh, I think yeah good USAT thanks for reaching out Mm -hmm. yeah so uh, I just think Sarah's TikTok videos just could use a little oomph I just think that's not the feedback. That's that's what the feedback was, everybody. I'm not on TikTok. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, side note, did I see that your one thing, your one TikTok video was 800,000 yeah. views? Yeah. We have almost eight, we have 847,000 views on one of our TikToks. I really, I thought it was going to go to a million. Like we were like, you know, once you hit a certain, like once you hit 800,000, you're like, yay, come on a million. So then it kind of like, it was a little, it was exciting. And then it was kind of anticlimactic because we didn't hit the one mil, (laughs) but, but like, yeah, we went totally viral. That's Mm -hmm. crazy. Mm -hmm. The whole thing is mind boggling. You know what it was, Sarah? It was relatable content. (laughs) It actually works. What they say works. So it was like, it was when um, my friend Karen and I did like a, what do you call it? Um, Like an off the cuff dance when we were, like she had just got off a float plane and it had been the first time we were allowed to travel again after being in like lockdown for two months. And I picked her up at the float plane dock downtown and I just told her like, we're going to do a TikTok, right? So then, and the only instruction I gave her is like, when I point at you, that's when you start. 
Nice. So I like the music came on. I started doing this little dance and then I pointed at her and she just like she hit it. She like dropped her backpack and just like started dancing. Um, And so and it was relatable, apparently. (laughs) Well, everybody could understand, you know, the the post-COVID reunion feels. Well, Mm -hmm. I guess we're still mid-COVID post lockdown. (laughs) Yeah, that's what it was. Post lockdown feels. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, nice. Yep. Yeah, good times. Yeah, so uh, I had okay on our okay. on our playlist was the question to race or not to race. Mm-hmm. The first story I have, it's a race opportunity. Okay, and I don't know. I'm working through it. It's in a few. So weeks. you're trying to decide whether to go to a race. Is well, basically. wait till you hear what race this is. <laughs> So it's a, now I'm curious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in October. It's a okay. four-day competition run by Spartan Racing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can I do With, it? Sorry, go ahead. You want to take my place? Uh, yeah. Because I don't think I'm <laughs> But I'm not jo- an influencer. <laughs> Sorry, oh, go ahead. <laughs> so there, there are 12 men, 12 women from different sports. Mm-hmm. And we have to do, like, obstacles there's mountain biking, non-technical mountain biking, swimming in a lake. There's some trail running. So I've got those three. But Is then it going to be on TV? Well, I think they're going to make like a, a five-part program. This sounds like something that's a television program. And there's functional strength. There's like climbing over walls. Are you are you good at this shit? This sounds no! like something you have to train for. <laughs> no. So that's why I think I'm going to turn it down because I... I tried to do a little bit of, of like, I can't do any of this. I just, I don't have agility. You know, I, I can do a couple pull-ups, but you have to, you have to do like monkey bars and yeah. crazy stuff. I just not, th- I think I have two and a half weeks. There's, there's no way I can get ready. I will be an embarrassment. Potentially. Do you know I'm who the other people are? Who no, are no. Well, or you're probably not allowed to say, but you know what sports they come from? Yeah. So uh obstacle course racing um they're putting they're, they would put you head to head with someone who comes from obstacle course of racing. course yeah uh, some fair. spartan athletes someone uh, who's like a what do they call it american ninja warriors probably <laughs> i i i thought about it for a second a mm-hmm. hot second before i realized that okay i'm not super coordinated and i can't really do half the things yeah. um because it just sounded kind of fun but then i'm like my strategy would be totally be self-deprecating, but like, yeah. I can only go in a straight line. But then, I don't know. Like, this is do what I was really just gonna say. Do I really want to be cannon fodder for the internet more so than I already am? Right. <laughs> it's an excellent question. It's the right question. I think I can laugh at myself. Like, I don't take myself that seriously, but still. <laughs> I think, like, from the outside, I think people see triathletes as being like because we because there's multiple sports as being like all around athlete type talented right um and some people are right mm-hmm. um some people have like more layers to their athleticism than others right um but really the skill that's needed for triathlon is similar to the skill needed for cycling or running like it's in a straight line Go in a straight line it's all endurance it's not um like the, the the skills aspects aren't there. The strength is there a little bit, but not that much. Not functional um, strength. 
not yeah, like not, not that fun not pull-ups yeah not obstacles no. not lifting Mm-mm. not like a lot of the stuff I do at CrossFit like CrossFit is not the same as like CrossFit is the opposite of triathlon yeah right like so I think like we often like I think that the common perception makes that mistake right so it's not a surprise to me that they've come to you as someone who's like a well-known triathlete you know an Olympian and said okay hey do you want to do this but if they're going to put you up against people like that do obstacle course racing that do like those kind of sports that actually involve that like multi-layered yeah physically dynamic kind of thing like yeah. I don't know I don't I actually have no idea I've not there's no comment on you because I don't know like how talented you would be at obstacles um but like I think the average triathlete would probably not be that great at those things no oh there there are some crossfitters so oh yeah I'll, that would be an advantage too like the yeah, disadvantage I, is running I'm 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 putting the obstacle racers up there. Yeah, right. Because that's like almost not fair. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they've got the advantage. Um, so yeah, I I'm gonna turn that one down. It was interesting for <sighs> it was interesting to think about. But then we've entered this sort of kind of back to racing, but not really in the U.S. situation. Right. Yeah. And I'm trying to look ahead. I'm like, okay, Ironman Arizona. Do I think about it? Do I not? I mean, obviously, I would have to commit pretty soon whether or not I'm going to prepare for it. Oh, is Ironman Arizona happening? It's still – Florida like and in, Arizona are still on the schedule. Like in Tempe in November. Mm-hmm. Yeah, end of November. So what do you think? I feel so mixed about it Ooh. because I honestly – I don't know if it's going to go ahead. I mean – Numbers in the U.S. do not support us being out of the out of the woods yet for COVID. Right. Yeah, I. It's interesting because I think a lot of this for those of us who aren't like researchers of COVID or um, people who are really well informed, like. I could be more more informed than I am by doing personal research, but I'm never going to be a very informed in person person on that topic, right? And so for me, I think like a lot of it goes off of how I feel. So like a couple of weeks ago, I know a friend of mine was thinking of going to the Half Iron Man in Cabo, hmm. um, and I was like, "Don't go! I don't think you should go." Like. I don't think that's a smart idea, whatever. But like two weeks later now, I'm actually like personally getting kind of antsy and looking around for something to do and going like, oh, could I fly somewhere? Would that make sense? Like, and so suddenly I think, start thinking of all the reasons why it makes sense to go somewhere um, versus two weeks ago when I was doing fine. (laughs) There's like all the reasons it doesn't make sense to go somewhere. So like, I don't think really like what I think about you racing matters. Um, And so I think that like, yeah, I think you need to like make the most educated decision you can and also like not worry about what anybody else says because like there are arguments on all yeah. sides of this. Well, I guess even from the pure performance standpoint, uh, okay, like my my overall okay, fitness is not bad. Yeah. I'm definitely not peak fitness. I know that. Mm-hmm. Uh could I get into decent Ironman shape in two months? Based on your experience, my my base is all right. I'm probably 20 to 25 hours a week, but I'm not doing, you know, the long TT bike rides. I yeah. haven't really been doing long runs. 
Okay, I okay, I can speak to that. Yeah. So the answer to that is like, yes, you can be fit enough. Um, and a lot of it has to do with your sports background and how long you've been doing it. So if you were like 25 and had just done one Ironman, like I wouldn't be saying the same thing. Um, but I think like, I and I actually think it could play to your favor um, because you're rested. And a lot of the thing in Ironman is the pain that you have to put yourself through, like in the back half of the marathon, the mm. back half of the bike ride. Um, and I think you'll be mentally fresh to do that. Um, and so, and I think the physical stuff will just come like your body will remember. And even if it's, there's a little bit, if it's a little bit harder in the marathon because you weren't quite ready to run a marathon, like in terms of the eccentric damage and the training for that, like you'll get through it. Like you're, you're Sarah true. Like, well, like, I figure my mountain running has gotten me ready for that part. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Add in mountain run, running and like from a. From a like performance and prep preparedness point of view, I'm like, yeah, I'm a yes. I'm a hard yes on that. Yeah. I mean, I, I have to figure out my comfort level of traveling during what is still a pandemic in the U.S., yeah. uh, trying to forecast a couple months out. And then, you know, I think I also have to be honest with myself about, like, I think this year has been a pretty heavy emotional load. And just being honest with myself about that. So, yeah, okay, my training has been down. But, like, last week, I mean, this week, it's a lot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Your your neighbors to the south, we're going through a lot right now. (laughs) Yeah, I understand that. You know, it's interesting. And would it, like, where where I'm thinking now is would a race help that? For you or would it be in another emotional load so would like being able to focus on something that seems normal to focus on for you mm. it's kind of like a return to your normal your norm you're yeah. like oh now I'm racing so now I have to like eat train recover do everything like that um you have less time to think about other things um so it might create a bit of a distraction for you yeah so the the part that uh probably a lot of our listeners don't think about is the financial side too so the prize purses this year have yes. been really slashed. So Iron Man Cairns, for example, is happening. It's the only the second Iron Man this year that's going off normally. The win is thirty thousand uh, dollars, which is a very nice payday for a pro. It's now six thousand. Whoa! Uh, yeah. So yes. I didn't realize. So individual Iron Man's actually slashed their prize massively, purses. massively. So then. Okay. Uh, I think Arizona would probably be like 3K for the win. So by mm. the time you pay for travel, you get down there. I mean, this is how we make a living. So. 3K for the win? Yeah. So putting yourself through eight hours, nine hours of pain, and maybe you can come, come away with a few grand. Oh, man. Sarah. It's a tough it factor. Just get another sponsor on the podcast and call it a day. Like. <laughs> no but honestly i mean this is these are the decisions we have to make so i think people probably have seen that there have been some races um like the pto's putting in money like 15k for the prize purse Mm -hmm. and there's a race in indiana and i did the math and like just the the money doesn't work out you know pandemic aside it doesn't work out for me to travel to go to these races because even if i win and there's no guarantee of that of course because there are other great athletes on the start line. Um, yeah. If you go in the hole, I mean, this is this is my job. I can't afford to, you know, do a nine-hour race and 
like yeah how be out the, a few thousand dollars right right because then you can't you you're not going to race again for a while as well although there are no that. races anytime there so. are no other races it doesn't really matter <laughs> but, but but i'm thinking here like, is there a sponsorship um piece to this as well like do, do you think do your sponsors right now feel like they'd prefer that you race or not i i think they get it i mean so this this there is that that side of it where i uh, most most pro contracts we do have bonuses written in and that would be the only reason basically like even if i won iron man arizona most of the money would go towards travel it would be the bonuses that would make it a decision that actually makes sense yeah there are no bonuses for the pto races for me Okay, that's interesting. Because I feel like it's another thing that will skew, like it will skew racing decisions for the top tier more. Mm. Do you remember when Ironman went and had a bunch of races that were super low prize purse? Mm. Yeah. And then they tried to say that it was going to be for, well, maybe it was their intention to be more for like the the up and coming pros, right? But in reality, like the the good pros had so many bonuses for winning that if they could cherry pick a race and come up, like did, they didn't care if they got a thousand dollars for the win because they were making like $30,000 somewhere else. Right. Well, geez, I don't have those kind of contracts, but, <laughs> but so I think a couple people did. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I, I, I know you're right. Uh, there are those athletes who do. Um, right. And that sort of feels like now it's kind of like in bad times, the hardship gets worse for the people who like, mm are suffering the most if you see what I mean like so the yeah. pros who were like kind of up and coming or maybe this was looking like a breakthrough year for them or a year that they might be fit enough to podium yeah. at an Ironman um will be feeling this worse because they like if they're dependent on that prize money it becomes no longer worth it like the people that might have got the 3k for fourth or fifth previously now can't afford to get there to risk 3k for a win and what is it for second like 1500 dollars yeah like yeah. whatever like I'm just yeah. guessing but like um, yeah, that's, that's unfortunate. Like I understand like the economic impact yeah. and why they have to take money from certain places and oh, stuff me like too. that. It's but. just, it's, it's a factor that I really have to consider because, yeah, you know, not a lot is coming in the door. I want to make sure that not a lot is going out unnecessarily. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's a question of whether or not I can get myself into the kind of fitness, uh, you know, the whole COVID stuff aside, obviously, uh, give myself to the kind of fitness where I feel pretty confident that I can make a little bit of money. Right. And how's your motivation level right now? Like, are you feeling motivated to do the base stuff that you're doing? Um, and do you feel like the injection of a race will help? Or do you feel like it's that would be a lot of pressure? Uh, you know, what's good is that I feel f- refreshed. Right. You know, That's good. but then you know how it is like when you start to get up to the big miles and for me, when it starts getting dark at like four, mm-hmm. <laughs> very soon, will yes. I feel it, be feeling as fresh? Yeah, you know? that's true. I mean, even in a normal year, I would struggle like the November races. Yeah. Because I, I often did Ironman Arizona or um, what's the other one? Sorry, my brain's not working. Um, anyway, I often did a November race or December race or went to Australia and raced. And I would have to leave Canada in September to mm. do like that two month block in Arizona so that um, I'm around other motivated people who are training. Cause otherwise like everyone here is like going into hibernation. Yeah. The rain is coming, you know, your body starts, your body starts to turn against you. Um, so, and that's like, 
there's just another factor, right? With like a training camp, which yeah. might be something you would normally do in, in a race prep for a fall race, or it was certainly something I would do might not be possible either. Mm. So, um, there's so many factors. I know it's, it's really interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the worst case scenario is that I commit and like a week beforehand, they're like, yeah, sorry. Yeah. They cancel <laughs> it. And you're like, F you. I've just done like all these long bike miles. Like <laughs> I've been in Arizona for a few weeks quarantining. <laughs> yeah. I'm tired AF. And now you're like, <laughs> I can see like, that's, that's actually a factor. Uh-huh. Like doing an Ironman build and not doing an Ironman. Like that's that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> oh jeez. well Mm -hmm. if any if any listeners have very strong opinions about whether or not i should do an iron man or even think about it let me know and maybe some of them are planning on doing like knowing i didn't realize that um arizona and florida were still uh, on and so i'd be curious if like any of our listeners are training for them Mm -hmm. and like even for from an amateur or age group perspective like what that training looks like and how they're feeling about it too and and their decision-making process on whether to go. Yeah, um, for sure. We're a no-judgment podcast. Not so at all. You can send us a voicemail uh, if you want to and let us know. Um, yeah. I mean, we so. we judge some things, but we won't judge them. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest here. This is a no-judgment podcast, <laughs> except for when we go up on rants. Selective like judgment. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. We won't, we will we will not, we will be so grateful for your voicemail that we will, we will treat your decisions with respect. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Sarah, you're like, Sarah did the run list this week. I'm so grateful for her, by the way. Um, you were asking like, what's an influencer? You're an influencer. Oh, well, so, ah, ah, <laughs> okay. Backstory here. Okay. I got an email out of the blue and it was from somebody uh, who said, okay, Sh- Simon & Schuster is publishing a book about basically the influencer market. And it's coming out mid-October. And they're doing a companion guide. And part of that companion guide involves uh, having – there are going to be interviews with influencers. And, you know, this is a University of Washington, you know, professor or assistant professor. So it's somebody with, you know, academic credentials. And my first instinct is, what? I am not an influencer. (laughs) (laughs) And I wrote back a slightly salty email. They're like, "Um, I am a professional athlete. Oh, I see. Yeah. But Mm. then I'm like... Basically, basically the way I put it was, you know, I can give you insight potentially into the overlap between being an influencer and how that's affected uh, sports marketing and what I do as a professional athlete, but I wouldn't call myself an influencer. Hmm. But then again, isn't that what professional athletes are like we are the og influencers mm-hmm. like the reason why you know nike signs steve prefontaine was because he was helping sell shoes like yes. that was influencing but it's just taken a different shape as where you don't necessarily need to have any sort of real talent or ability 
but yes. you can influence people's purchasing. So that was a bit of a head spin for me. But you I called me an influencer off I the did. bat. Yeah, I did. I went straight in, not realizing that was just the actual conversation. Amazing. Like, I think, okay, first, the first thing I see there is like, you're trying to, in saying you're not an influencer, you're trying to make a distinction between um, yourself who got, um, who has her, you have your following largely because of um, your sports performances, right? And so you have like a talent that you've shared with the world. The world watches it. They follow you. Like I'm being overly simplistic because I know there's other factors there, but. Um, well, I think there's a level of credibility. So right. credibility because you have, you know, achieved a certain level in your field. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are triathlete influencers who don't have results and that's totally fine but i would say they're influencers before they're athletes or at least they're not professional athletes yes so yeah so there's other ways to gain a following i think this is where i'm like this is where i'm going like so you gained a following in a certain way there's other ways to get so you might be distinguishing yourself from someone who gained a following from posting bikini pictures every Mm -hmm. day Mm -hmm. right on something Mm -hmm. that would be extreme that would probably not be your direction i'm just picking something <laughs> in left field um but there might be someone else who's also giving out information and training tips right right that's also an influencer but yeah like, is has it's not negative it's not necessarily negative connotation and right. i think the way that i interpreted it was my first instinct was wait a second i'm not an influencer and then i had to realize that i kind of am you kind of are and, and like wow. social media is just media yeah right and it's like and it's content provided by anyone anyone can anyone can make it so it's like content by the masses um but you don't get eyeballs on your media productions um unless you unless there's like some kind of value to it that people see right and so like that value could be like education it could be entertainment it could be like it it could be i don't know i don't know what we call sport is a kind of in the entertainment yeah Um, I guess, I, like, what are people looking to you for? I think there is an education piece, too, um, to, like, you know, people follow pros, I think, partially because they want to know how to be better athletes. Mm. Um, that's that's part of it. Um, so, but, like, it's all the same. It's all the same reasons people watch any media. Like, you might follow someone because they're funny, mm-hmm. right? It's entertaining. Like, there's lots of different reasons. Um, but it's the same. Like, like yeah. you said originally, like, it is the same as as media always was. It's just, it's a different form. But let's be honest, there's, it skews very superficially. So. On some platforms. Okay. Really? Yeah. Okay. I think so. So I think there's like, um, for example, there's some places where, like on Twitter, Mm -hmm. right? And I'm not going to argue for like, I don't know. Now I'm going to make an argument that I've not thought through. So this is going to go very badly. (laughs) So so actually do write to me if you disagree, but whatever. Um, But like different social media is now, um, what do you call it? It's like diversifying, Mm -hmm. right? So like first there was Facebook, right? And then Facebook has now sort of become like friends and family and news, some news. People like share, they share content on Facebook, right? They, they share shit. Um, and then like Twitter, you know, then there was Twitter and everybody went to Twitter and now Twitter sort of become, um, it's like more informational. There's more, I, I don't need to tell you what these things are. People know what Twitter is. And then Instagram was more It's visual. also a lot of anger. 
There's a lot of anger and ranting on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. It's a surprise I didn't stay over there longer. Um, I feel like I get along on in Twitter, but for some reason, it is like I find Instagram friendlier. Um, yes, but yeah, I agree. Instagram is like friendlier. It's more visual, but sometimes can also be fluffier or yes. like the bikini people from my first example. Yeah. I will get further on Instagram. Um, and then like you have things like LinkedIn to, to for professionals. There's like tons and tons of social media. Um, and now TikTok. Like, because video, like, self-created video didn't really have a place. Mm-hmm. Like, you had to know how to edit a video to make a video and post it on social previously. And now TikTok allows you to edit it on the app. And so that's, like, what's made TikTok interesting um, and different, different platform. And also, like, it has trends and um, and it also has, like, an educational piece. Or you think about, like, YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like, YouTube is something, like, people find YouTube videos, it's, like, it's owned by Google, right? So it's a lot of how-to content. Like if you want to know how to buff your car, you mm-hmm. go to YouTube, right? Um, so like it's, and I think it's going to diversify further as well. Like as more and more companies like come up with new ideas of how to share content in certain niches, I think it's just going to get more and more like drill down a niche social media. Um, so I don't even know why I started that. Well, <laughs> no, I think, I think you're right that it definitely has led to a democratization of media. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, we all have a voice. We all have the potential to have a platform. Uh, you know, I've, I think I'm probably a bit skeptical just because I've seen what that platform can do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, why, like, I even think about myself, like, why should, my voice be more important than somebody who is in the intellectual realm. So like, I don't know if you are a physicist, I don't know how many world-class physicists have like Instagram influence. (laughs) Doesn't that reflect poorly upon our society? If, if I am more valued because I'm an athlete or bikini girl is more valued than somebody who is, you know, an epidemiologist. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, and I think to even take your point further, like I think we are at a tipping point a little bit with social media because um, what it's done is like when you give everybody a voice, everybody with an opinion gets to say something and can gain followers and can, and so like the people who are the actual experts in certain areas, like you're talking about academics end up um, with like, you know, like anyone can question them. Anyone could follow someone else or like it's, so it's more, it also leaves it down to the user to be able to identify who has who they should give their following to or who has more cred on a, on a certain topic. And that's not always immediately obvious. So yeah, I think like you're naming the core problem of, of media in our society right now. Well, it's the root cause of why something like QAnon was able to gain traction. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So if, by the way, if you are a QAnon, you know, believer and you listen to this podcast, this might, might not be the podcast for you. 
don't think they, they probably figured that out already. I know. They didn't get this far. I don't think we have to worry. <laughs> Just in case, I'm going to put that out there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know that we're going to solve that problem today on the podcast as much as I love to like, I, my brain works like this. Like I love to like throw a bunch of shit in the air and then try to like grab onto it and make it make sense. Like that's my, like one of my core talents. I feel like we've got even beyond my special skills of like, if I could solve that problem, I would be like solving the internet right now. Yeah. Well, I guess basically the take home message is that there's good and bad in social media and media in general and we all have a choice of how we view our platforms and just because you know i have a slightly negative connotation attached to what an influencer is like the truth is i am an influencer mm. in my own little way yeah it's true so and also- i just have to be at peace with that and y- use it for good and not yes. spreading conspiracy theories <laughs> Exactly. And that's that's exactly what I was going to say is that like also this changing moment in in media has allowed for my company to exist. Yeah. Right. Like we just rogue videoed our way into like and podcasted our way into like a growing audience. And I think like and our goals are around like social change and making content for um, like forgotten communities and for women, for athletes, for women who are athletes. So um, I feel like our like our our purpose is good and that changing moment has allowed for us to exist Mm. so I can't um I can't ultimately like I like it I think it's good um but I do see all the problems Uh, well Mm -hmm. we're not gonna fix it today (laughs) as you said so true so true um but after the break we're gonna um get pumped up about a voicemail Hey, Sarah, have you seen those new Form Smart Swim goggles? You know, the ones that have the display right on the goggle so you can see like in real time how fast you're going and your heart rate and stuff? Yeah, I have seen them and I'm really interested because they just added a an open water feature, which is terrific because you can go from the pool to open water and still be able to have those same metrics as you swim. Yeah, I mean, knowing how fast you're going in open water in real time is um, totally amazing. So I think it's going to revolutionize swim training. Absolutely. And if they add like a, a loon detection device to it, I'm sold. Done. We grossly, as in, in a big way, and truly want to thank our sponsor, Noon Hydration, for supporting If We Were Riding. If you love us or even kind of like us, or maybe just like our content, you can make sure we grow through our Patreon campaign at patreon.com forward slash live feisty. And also make sure you talk to us on Instagram at if we were riding. We love talking to people on Instagram, especially on the stories. If you want to send us a voicemail, record a voice memo on your phone and send it to Sarah at livefeisty.com. That's Sarah with no H, me at livefeisty.com and remember the i comes after the e if you're feisty we also love reviews on itunes and written messages from you joining the conversation if we were riding is a live feisty media production hosted by sarah true and me sarah gross our editor and producer is taylor mahan my time my time none of you people can tell me to stop this time like the last time you better get ready to race to the top I'm ready to do this show you what the truth is the field it's time to get real i'm feeling so ruthless 
so we wanted to acknowledge that this week after our, our car, does anyone remember my rant about the car, about going to purchase my new car and not being treated well at one of the dealerships? Um, so we got a voicemail from Kelly O'Mara on that topic, which was an excellent voicemail. But we like when Sarah and I sat down at the beginning of this podcast and we're looking at the run list, it was like... This was it was such a huge topic that Kelly had brought up. So before we go, we just wanted to let everyone know so that you can listen next week that um, we're going to have Kelly's voicemail next week. Thank you, Kelly, for the voicemail. And for anyone who doesn't know who Kelly is, she used to be my co-host. So listen to one of the first 100 episodes of this podcast and you will find her. Um, She she rants about cars um, and we're going to talk about it next week. All right. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of If We Were Riding. And stay excited for Keller's rant next week. My time, none of you people can tell me to stop. My town, my crown. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top.